Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 78. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and today I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey. Hey, Alex, guess what? This week, at the oh. end of the week, it is uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, is it? Oh, no. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, so for everyone out there celebrating Valentine's Day, you know, happy Valentine's Day. This is probably going to come out, uh, you know, right around that time, this episode, that is. And, uh, you know, we love all of our listeners, so thank you so much for listening. I love our listeners. And even you. Yeah, you. Me? Me? As a listener? I mean, I No, listen- no, no, no. The... the- no, the one listener that is questioning whether I actually love them. Oh, I do. Okay. I do love you. I love uh I love the I love listening to the show too. Really weird, right? But um <laughs> let's let's move on, uh, start the show here and uh we're going to be talking about uh some different stuff again, it's kind of slow tournament news week again. Uh so we've got just a variety of different things to talk about. Uh, I want to kick us off with the uh National Pokémon Association NPA. Um this is season 9 and um, Alex is just going to give us a rundown of, for kind of the uninitiated, uh, for some of the Pokemon players out there, what this is, um, you know, I guess why people might want to pay attention to it, and uh, Alex, you're actually one of the uh, coaches in uh, NPA this season as well, so just uh, go ahead, and I'm going to hand it over to you for this. Yeah, so the NPA 9 has just begun the season, uh, the draft was uh, took place over the weekend, and of course, as Stephen had mentioned, I am going to be a coach this year um, with John Hu as my co-coach. Um, there's not like assistant managers this time around. Uh, we are both equals in charge. Uh, we are going to be uh, piloting a new team called the Ballinlay Mad Hatters, uh, which is a really fun team name, I think. And we have a fun logo. But the, uh, the gist of the tournament is... Um, it is not like a uh, draft league that you are so familiar with seeing Pokemon YouTubers do, because a lot of people are getting that confused, um, or it's not like a draft league, but instead with players. It is, uh, instead what you do is you, um, there is a draft where a player is put up for bid, so let's say Steven is the first player to be nominated, then all of the managers would uh, start bidding on Steven how much of their 120k they would want to spend to get him and so on and so then once the draft is gone through and every team has exhausted all of their money you have a roster of 8 to 15 players uh, and you play against the other teams in basically a round robin that happens across 11 weeks because there are 12 teams and you play each team at least once uh, go on to playoffs and so on then a single elimination from that point out but yeah, uh, it's kind of cool. You um, you have to scout a lot of the VGC talent in the scene um, and kind of assess what players you want on your team. What kind of uh, you know community are you building? Uh, are these players going to be very active and working together? Um, you know, so it's a it's very nice to find out you know who's friends with who and figure out what players are going to work best together. And uh, I had. Uh, you know, the, it was very fun. I had the, I don't want to say like the honor or the pleasure. I don't know if those are the right ways to describe it. But I, I participated in my first draft um, over the past weekend. And it was really, really fun. I was super, super nervous going into it because 
I have never done anything like this. And there are some uh, managers in there that I'm good friends with, like Gavin and Tommy, who are very experienced both in uh, years and in success. They've, uh, you know, gone very far in NPA. And, um, but I was able to get uh, a bunch of advice and tips from uh, uh, other people. And I had some players uh, help me out as well. And so it was a really, really fun time uh, being the manager behind the draft. Because I've played in NPA before, but this was my first time uh, coaching. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, upcoming season. Cool. Sounds like fun. And uh, this is very clearly like uh, very similar to the you know professional sports league, the NBA, the National Basketball Association. So I think that's like the original spinoff from uh, whenever the first season would have been first initiated. But, um, you know, cool you get to coach. Uh, I imagine that coaches are not allowed to play at all within their teams. Is that right? Uh, you would think, but yeah, that has almost always been the rule, except for the one year where we let Wolf play a game, and it was probably a really big mistake. <laughs> well, more on the uh, commissioner's part, I'd say, for that, but, um, lastly, for any of the new, for any, like, new players who, uh, maybe signed up or missed signups, um, what opportunities, uh, or I guess other advice if they did not get picked up, uh, right away, or, um, is there any chance later this season or what would you recommend to players who maybe didn't make it this go around? Yeah, so there will be a midseason draft. Um, I'm not sure if the signups for that open or not, or if that is just available to players that have already signed up. I believe both ways have been done in the past, so I'd have to double check on uh, what they're doing in NPA 9. Uh, the rules kind of change every year, uh, depending on who is commissioning. And... Uh, otherwise, if you want to get yourself noticed for tournaments like this in the future, the best way is to um, just try to take advantage of these online tournaments. We have a lot of online tournaments right now, a very good scene for that between the Rose Tower circuit and the Galar friendlies that are, that are being run. And so uh, just, you know, putting up a lot of results in those is one of the best ways to get noticed for this online tournament. It's especially good for people who don't have a great scene around them or really can't leave the house to play VGC. This is one of the best ways to um, get noticed and make a name for yourself with that respect. Yeah, to add on to that, uh, I'd also recommend you know, get get results at uh, the in-real-life tournaments, too. That'll probably help a lot, especially the big ones. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of a, kind of obvious there, one there, but um, you know, I guess everyone who is going to be participating in NPA, um, good luck, have fun with all that stuff. And uh, you said it was going to be about 12, about 11, 12 weeks of playing. And this is just like the round robin portion. So that's going to take us probably, it's February now. It's going to take us into about May, uh, maybe like end of May, roughly. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that'll be a good chunk of the rest of the uh, winter and spring here. So um, I guess speaking of other big events to maybe do well at, the Oceana International is coming up in two weekends now. Can you believe it? So the... Uh, you know, players are starting to gear up. A lot of lot of people who are traveling internationally are going to have to start um, flying out, heading out next week at the beginning of the week, uh, you know, because of the whole time zone stuff. But, uh, you know, good luck to everyone who's going to that. And uh, we actually just want to, again, acknowledge we did We have information about our commentary team for this one. And uh, there is one questionable one I want to talk to you about here. But uh, I just want to list them out for the VGC side of things. We have Rosemary Kelly, Evan Latt, Gabby Snyder, and Aaron Zhang. Now, I thought Aaron Zhang was going to be uh, playing a little bit more seriously this year. So I get this is a really good opportunity for him. So, um, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about him on commentary uh, rather than playing? 
Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fine because uh, this is probably an event that Aaron would not have been going to otherwise. Um, you know, there's it's no secret that when you are going to be a commentary for the official Pokemon streams, that they are going to pay to fly you out and uh, put a little bit on top of that for uh, obviously doing the job. And so um, I, I see no issue with this with uh, Aaron doing uh, commentary coverage for this tournament, considering it's just not one he would be at in a normal circumstance. Okay, fair enough, because I have no problem with this commentary or him being a player, um, as long as it's one or the other, but uh, at the same uh-huh. tournament. <laughs> so the uh, other thing is just like, you know, I was, I was hoping to just see him play some more this season in these uh, tournaments, hopefully qualify for it so we can see him in action again. But um, either way, like he's set himself really nicely for success. If uh, he qualifies for Worlds and wants to play in it, he can do that. If uh, not, he's probably a prime candidate to uh, commentate for it. I think it's kind of funny that on this page, uh, VGC is listed first because uh, it seems like TCG comes before VGC in almost any uh, regard uh, when it comes to the Pokemon company. Um, but I do know that we beat them on stream numbers. Um, a lot more people tune into the video game stream. So uh, I guess that would make sense that Pokemon video game comes first here on the uh, stream announcement page. But I just think that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's actually a really significant point, I think. You know, we're, we've been always been hitting bigger numbers on the video game side of things for a number of years now. And I guess, uh, you know, with time zone things, you know, the actual dates of the tournament are friday february 21st through sunday february 23rd that would be in um australia there in uh melbourne but the depending on your time zones these streams are going to be various uh different times throughout the uh day so just pay attention to your time zone see what the uh website says and uh just you know take note of that so that hopefully can catch some of the uh matches going on there so that was the announcement for the oceana international uh just that tournament and the team the commentary group uh, that the Pokemon Company sending International is sending out to do that tournament, you know, they're, they'll be, uh, we've all seen them before, so they'll do a nice, fun job for us. Hopefully, uh, they enjoy their trip and enjoy some of the uh, uh, play in there as well. Now, last time, last episode, we uh, spent some time talking about some of the new Generation 8 moves, and uh, we also had some other things slated, but we ran out of time. And uh, we're going to get to these things now and talk about some of the new Generation 8 items, specifically for uh, competitive play here that will uh, help us out, you know, in an actual, perhaps in an actual battle. And uh, we're also going to talk about some of the uh, G-Max Pokemon and their moves that they get. So we're going to kick it off by starting with some of the new Generation 8 items. Um, So Alex, do you want to go ahead and uh, start us off with the uh, first one here? Yeah, so the uh, first one is uh, somewhat of a new item. I'm uh, actually going to mention here the uh, Leak, which is an item that is um, it, it is helpful for the Farfetch'd line. I think it is required for um, for Galarian Farfetch'd to evolve into Surfetch'd, and it uh, boosts the critical hit ratio of these... Uh, Pokemon by two stages, I want to say. Like, I, I imagine it's got to be better than Scopelands in some kind of regard. Um, let me uh, double check on that. But uh, basically, the, it's a fun item uh, because Surfetched uh, gets to take advantage of the, uh, the boosted critical hit ratio for moves like Night Slash and Leaf Blade so that it can get a 100% uh, critical hit ratio, yeah, it does seem like it boosts it uh, by two stages, and um, 
let me just double check on scope lens here, uh, which is a common item in the current metagame, I think is kind of hilarious. Um, just because of uh, the you know versatility of Togekiss's different sets, Super Luck plus uh, Scope Lens is another popular way to run uh, Togekiss. Yeah, that does only boost it by one stage, so um, it's nice because it allows Surfetch to effectively um, ignore um, you know defense boosts, intimidate if um, you know if you're not running the Scrappy ability because Surfetch now is immune to intimidate with uh, the Scrappy ability. Yep. Um, or I guess just not Surfetch, but all scrappy Pokemon in general are immune to Intimidate. Um, but there are still things that can drop your attack, like uh, a Max Dragon or something. And so being able to just critical hit through the boosts and the drops can be really cool because uh, not only are you ignoring the... Um, or not only are you getting that one and a half times boost to the offensive power, um, you are also ignoring the uh, booster drops, which can... Uh, effectively multiply it even further so i do like the uh shout out here for surfetched and leak but i actually believe leak is an old item that uh, was only tied to farfetched um and you know farfetched wasn't maybe as significant as uh maybe surfetch is uh could be but uh i could have sworn this was an older item yeah no steven that's where you're wrong and why i said it is kind of a silly one to mention but it used to be called stick oh okay all right <laughs> 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 and it has new applications because it is on a uh, brand new Pokemon that is a lot more viable. That's true. That's fair um, enough. Now, why don't you go ahead and take us beyond the uh, not exactly new items to uh, what are the new items? Okay, so uh, our next one up here we have is the Blunder Policy. And uh, what this does is this will raise your speed by two stages when you miss a move because of accuracy. So it's a... Funnily enough, this is a uh, literal insurance policy for you in case things go wrong. So you'll get a uh, plus two speed boost. It doesn't even have, even have, doesn't even help with your accuracy. Like, couldn't they have split one to speed, one to ac accuracy instead? I would have preferred that. But uh, this is a this is a really funny one. Um, because it's just like when you when you click a move and uh to you pick a move to hit something, you like there's there's a there's almost never you know, almost never want it to miss right mm -hmm. <laughs> so i can't think of uh, an instance when you'd want to attach this item to anything really oh uh that's where you're wrong steven and um we uh me and uh, some friends in team building chats had a fun set theoried for blunder policy pretty early on and we wanted to hold on to it but of course um as long as uh you give people enough time, they, they, uh, everyone's going to think of every idea. You know, you can't hold on to everything. So people did think of this yeah. on their own. Um, but Melodic is one of the best users of the Blunder policy right now. Um, you see a lot of uh, people using the Coil set to make uh, the Hypnosis more accurate on your Melodic. However, um, Melodic learns Muddy Water, Icy Wind, and Hypnosis, all as viable moves on its kit right now. And um, if even if one of the targets dodges, so if you go for a Muddy Water against, you know, T-Tar Excadrill and the T-Tar avoids the attack, you'll get that plus two speed boost. And now your Melodic is getting to fire off the future attacks at an even higher speed. And um, it's also just a fun one to spam. Like, you know, if I, you know, hit this Hypnosis, I that's a really good benefit. But if I miss it, then at least um, at least you get that plus two speed. Okay, that's a that's a very good point on the melodic there. 
Yeah, it's just such a it's such a fun, it's such a funny name too, Blunder Policy. It's just like still though, uh, I I get how it's insurance for you, but I still would rather just hit, have my moves hit. It's a it's a nice coverage though to help you out though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, honestly though, I think that's one of the only main, like seriously viable uses for it. I did see a funny uh, showdown like clip or something today of a. Uh, Rotom Wash running it, and they missed the Will-O-Wisp, and their speed was boosted, so maybe you'd really enjoy <laughs> this on your Rotom Wash if your name is Aaron Zeng. Oh, he would have uh, he would have loved that uh, many years ago. Now, uh, moving us on to the next one, though, we have a very fun item uh, that I've actually been trying to work into uh, one of my teams lately, which is the Eject Pack. Now, uh, this one was shown off at Worlds, I believe. I think that was when it was introduced. And uh, it is an item yep. that switches your Pokemon out if it is uh, if it suffers a stat drop. Uh, and so, as uh, many VGC players will know, and it happens every year, even the year that they try to nerf it, Intimidate is one of the most common abilities. And so, um, Eject Pack kind of has fringe viability, uh, depending on the way you look at it. Um, but I think it can have a really good place on Pokemon like... Uh, for example, Ninetales is a big one that uh, I think most people have kind of realized in that you can either lead your Ninetales, and uh, if they do send out some kind of Intimidate Pokemon from the start, you will be switched right out. But it is, you know, on your own accord, so you get to pick what you want to bring in. So let's say you lead Ninetales and have a Vileplume in back. You've set up that sun, and now you get a free switch into Vileplume while also still having whatever Pokemon you want on the on the right side, I guess, or whatever, you know, next to this Pokemon. So let's say you led Ninetales and Charizard to get off those solar bo- solar power boosted heat waves. Uh, you can have a Charizard and a Vileplume in Sun next to each other uh, on turn one because uh, of the way the Intimidate and Eject Pack mechanics work. You can also use it to switch out if the Ninetales uses Overheat or if, say, a Dragapult were to hit it with a Max Dragon or Ghost uh, and lowers the defense or attack stat, respectively, uh, and the Ninetales doesn't just get O-Code, because I feel like it probably would, um, then it would be switched out from the... Uh, oh, I guess if it targeted the partner. You know, if you uh, if you tri- Dynamaxed your Charizard there, and then the Charizard, you know, took a bit of damage from that Max Phantasm, it would lower Charizard's defense. And then, of course, as we know in doubles, it would lower the Ninetales' defense as well, switching Ninetales out because of the Eject Pack. So it's got a lot of different ways that it can be activated. Um, the main... Uh, drawback or not uh, yeah drawback of this move is, or item is that uh it is not always in your control yeah you're really leaving it to what uh ultimately what your opponent decides to do with their moves and uh yeah i'm glad you mentioned that it could have just hit the uh some of those dynamax moves could just hit the partner and you can still activate your eject pack to switch out um so there is there's a lot of like finesse play i feel like people can get out of this uh item here and uh, it may just take a little bit more time for it to find a uh, proper team for it or proper Pokemon use for it. So um, I think this uh, I think this is still something we can see in the future. We've seen a lot of um, really effective uses of the eject button. I think we can uh, we're ready to move on to our next item, which is the heavy duty boots. And uh, these boots will uh, prevent the effects of traps that are set on the field. So. Um, I guess you can avoid all of the uh, spikes or stealth rock, that kind of stuff, um, and toxic spikes, that kind of thing. I don't uh, really have any uh, idea like what application you can have this item for. Yeah, no, cool for singles, but let's go ahead and move right on. 
uh, to room service, which was an item that a lot of people were excited to see at um, the World Championships Championships once again. Um, this is an item that when a Pokemon finds itself in the Trick Room, uh, it will drop its speed by one stage. And this is a really cool item that uh, has multiple uses once again. Um, you can use it on, uh, you know, say... A middling speed Pokemon like Rotom, you know, if you had a Rotom uh, that was, you know, around like a hundred speed or something like that, and uh, you wanted it to be able to outspeed something out of Trick Room, uh, you could then, you know, once this a uh, room service activates in Trick Room, it will drop down to sixty six speed and get rounded down. Uh, so then that way your Rotom can outspeed something like an eighty speed stat in and out of Trick Room. It's kind of a cool way to pin Pokemon. Um, I've actually built one team with uh, the room service item on it, and that was with a uh, Appleton uh, to help deal with Rhyperior because you can run the the Appleton faster than a min-speed Rhyperior, so if you are out of Trick Room, you can you know take care of it, and then once Trick Room gets set up, you will still be faster than it because of the room service. I think it's really cool for pins like that. Uh, and then otherwise, you can always just use it on a very slow Pokemon to make them even slower. Um, something that I think is really cool on the Surf Spam teams was uh, this now Jellicent, uh, which actually has a speed stat of 58. When it is lowered by one stage, it lowers down to 38, which is one speed point under Gastrodon's minimum speed, which is two points, or Gastrodon is one point under Rhyperior's minimum speed, allowing you to get off two water moves before Rhyperior can even move, uh, which I think is a really, really cool way to use it. Yeah, I really like how this item can be uh, can be used for those pins, like you were saying. Uh, it almost makes me think of the reverse of reverse uh, effect of this item, not reverse effect, but of a, a different strategy people may have used before, and that's like with Fling Iron Ball. So, um, Tyranitar would be like the biggest culprit of this. It would use to it would carry an Iron Ball to lower its speed. And uh, it would use Fling to do some massive uh, damage, uh, stab dark type damage. And then uh, Tyranitar would get moved back up to whatever its regular speed was, because Iron Ball cuts your speed in half. And um, this is a, sort of that same way, where you can pin uh, teams underneath the Trick Room. And then uh, once your Iron Ball has been flung away, you can uh, you can set your speed back to uh, its normal uh, value. So this is kind of the opposite, and I like uh, that uh, idea behind it. So I think... Uh, this is going to be somewhat tricky to fit onto some uh, Pokemon into, on some teams, but uh, again, just like with the Eject Pack, I think there are a lot of applications for this that have been left unexplored. Yeah, I uh, I do agree, and uh, it seems like a pretty cool item. Oh man, I just wanted to go back to Eject Pack really quick uh, to sure. mention one of the coolest uses of the item uh, is a rather, I don't want to say degenerate, but a wild strategy that singles players have been trying out. Um, or you have a uh, Shuckle or Torkoal, a very slow Pokemon, go for the Shell Smash. And um, you might be thinking, well, with Eject Pack, you are going to be switched out as soon as you go for that Shell Smash because it shell, uh, shell Smash drops the defense and special defense stat. Uh, however, uh, what they've been doing with this and uh, what I imagine might be even crazier once we get a more full dex uh, here is they bring in, say, a Lucario or a Clefable. And uh, ideally, these Pokemon um, outspeed the opponent, and uh, they can go for Copycat, which allows some 
Pokemon that uh, do not normally learn Shell Smash to essentially use uh, Shell Smash. And then from there, they can, uh, you know, go for any kind of uh, sweep that they would because, you know, a Clefable with a plus two speed and a plus two special attack is a pretty threatening Pokemon. Uh, it might even just be going for stored power there because I believe that is a move that it learns. And, um, you know, Lucario, if it finds itself in a funny situation where... Um, it takes an attack and lives it. It can actually just copycat and fire that attack right back, but at plus two because of the shell smash. So uh, singles players have definitely found a fun way to make use of the eject pack, but um, I'm sure VGC will find even cooler ways. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think uh, we can move on here to the next item, Throat Spray, which has been uh, seeing a lot of use on some of the uh, more sound-based moves and uh, those Pokemon, uh, most notably, uh, what this does is that it will raise your special attack by a stage when your Pokemon uses a sound-based move. So we've seen this on things like uh, Sylveon, who uses Hyper Voice, or um, Toxtricity, who uses Overdrive. And uh, there are going to be um, you know, other Pokemon that will use uh, Hyper Voice uh, when we get a more uh, open Pokedex here. But uh, I think this is a really neat item that uh, just helps some of those Pokemon who uses the, these moves. Uh, same with Komo-O and the uh, Klingorous Soul. Um, that is a uh, certainly another effective use of the Throat Spray item. But uh, I think this is a really neat one. Yeah, and um, it's really cool because uh, you can also just use it on uh, more passive moves. Like, I saw a Arcanine once use Snarl. And uh, normally Arcanine doesn't have any kind of good stab sound move to boost its um, special attack. Or no, sorry, let me rephrase that. It normally doesn't have a good uh, stab move to, uh, that is a sound move as well. And so instead it could just like, you know, snarl like a normal Arcanine would do. Intimidate, uh, snarl to lower their offensive output on both physical and special spectrums. And then from there, it can just start going for boosted heat waves uh, that are going to do a little bit more damage than you might expect because Arcanine does have a respectable uh, special attack stat. Um, and then, yeah, all the ones that Steven mentioned, of course, are really good. And then uh, one last thing that's important to mention about Throat Spray is that you do not receive that plus one until after using the move, so you don't get the boost right away. Correct, yes. Uh, so... That is an effect that happens after that move is used. Then you get the boost for the uh, following and concurrent turns after that. Um, and I feel like this uh, this move could pair nicely with uh, something like, uh, for Arcanine specifically, if you want to go with, uh, usually, so if you're going to have Throat Spray, you're not going to be having any sort of um, berry to help heal, your, heal yourself if you're um, one of the more defensive sets. So um, Arcanine really benefits from, uh, you know, regaining a lot of that health. So you can pair this nicely with uh, maybe Life Dew or uh, some kind of uh, G-Max move that helps heal you, um, like perhaps G-Max Finale, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on here. Yep, and uh, so I guess we'll go down to the last item, which is honestly one that I think I should understand better. I've talked about it with friends about ways to use it, but I I don't know full well how it works, and that is the Utility Umbrella. Uh, this is an item that allows the holder to ignore certain effects of weather. And so uh, I want to say that this allows a um, a Charizard to use a overheat in the rain without being affected by the reduced damage of fire attacks in the rain um i think that is how it works um honestly 
Uh, it probably won't... Again, it's going to be one that we're going to have to search a bit hard to find the use for. I do love the idea, but I don't know exactly um, what its best use might be. I don't either, because there's got it's got to be uh, a they've got to it's got to differentiate itself somehow from safety goggles, which uh, you know it'll ignore the you know chip damage, and I imagine utility umbrella is going to do the same thing as avoid the chip damage from hail or sand. But uh, if this is something that can have that effect that you mentioned, and again, like we're not. Um, saying this is fact we're uh, unsure about this but um, i think they'd be a really powerful tool but uh, i am also unsure of exactly what how the mechanics work behind this item utility umbrella yeah we'll have to again leave it up to the great minds of uh, the video game championships and see if they can find a really cool use of it because uh, we've already seen a lots of cool uh, strategies emerge from the from the wildfire I'm looking ahead at what we're going to be talking about next. Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm, uh, I love that segue. And uh, so that is the new uh, Generation 8 items. Um, you know, only a few of them that were introduced into the scene, but that's because there are already a lot of uh, really good items uh, present in the game already. Um, so next thing we're going to move on to is all of the uh, G-Max moves. So these are uh, exclusive to the Gigantamax Pokemon. Um, you need to use a specific type move um whether that's fire um water grass whatever uh for that pokemon to activate this specific uh effect from the gigantamax pokemon now a lot of these we probably have mentioned um on the show in the past uh i can already think of like we talked about three of these last time and uh several of these and with that first initial uh wave of the rules being announced that gmax pokemon would be allowed so we cover these all a lot in the past so some of them we may be able to just skip over and go a little bit faster uh maybe we can um, just talk about these again really quick, but, uh, Alex mentioned the wildfire, that is G-Max wildfire tied to Gigantamax Charizard, um, and if this move, uh, goes off, it's going to set up the, uh, G-Max wildfire, which is essentially the, uh, sea of fire from, uh, previous games when you combine, uh, what is that, the grass and fire pledge together? Yes, yes, and, uh, one important side note to mention for all of these moves, as Steven was kind of hinting at, uh, G-Max Wildfire will replace Charizard's regular fire move. I know that sounds kind of like intuitive, but just to make sure that people understand, um, it is not based off a certain attack like Blast Burn or Overheat. Uh, all of Charizard's fire moves will now become G-Max Wildfire if it has the G-Max factor. So Charizard can no longer set the sun for itself. It is now instead setting up the, uh, the fire pledge secondary, or fi- the sea of fire secondary effect, or field effect. Yeah, that is a that is notable contrast compared to uh, Z moves in the past, which were always well, not always, mostly dependent on um, either a type of move or for some of them specific actual moves that had to be on that set. Yes, and uh, so Charizard, I think we've talked a, a good amount about uh, in the past, since yeah, of course, Aaron Trailer won yeah. Dallas with the G Max Charizard. The next one down the line is also one that has received a lot of airtime. Um, Mostly because of fear from uh, pretty much every VGC player. That is G-Max Befuddle, which is, of course, the signature one of G-Max Butterfree uh, that can poison, para- uh, paralyze, or put to sleep the uh, two opposing Pokemon. Um, and it has a 1 in 3 chance to do any of the three following statuses, which makes it very... Uh, unreliable and uh, scary to play against uh, and maybe even use. 
Yeah, I think uh, everyone's been um, in the situation where they played against a G-Max Butterfree and, uh, you know, had to take some of those rolls from the befuddle here. And we even got to see this featured on the official stream when uh, Andrew Burley played uh, Benji Wang in that game two where he brought that Butterfree. So um, th that was a fun time to just cheer with the crowd at that Dallas Regional. You love to watch it. You hate to be facing it. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like Smeargle again, which uh, is exactly uh, what it kind of replicates. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, talked about this for a great deal. So um, people, you know, you can use your GMAX Starfalls or your, uh, what's the electric one called again? Gosh. Uh, oh, just... Max Lightning. Sorry, Lightning. Got <laughs> yeah, it. it's just I'm, Lightning. God, I can't yeah. I forgot that. Uh, either Starfalls or Lightning, too, can prevent uh, the sleep effects, which is probably the most dangerous one there. But um, speaking of another dangerous status effect, the next one goes to uh, Pikachu. Um, so G-Max Volt Crash, uh, we talked about this already, paralyzes both opponents. That's really uh, powerful, especially when you can hit into a uh, ground-type Pokemon's partner. And uh, still be able to uh, paralyze them, so that's kind of neat. When because that's the well, side effect will affect both of those Pokemon. And with the new speed mechanics, um, it actually makes Pikachu uh, an effective speed control Pokemon because, uh, of course, you are paralyzing both of the opponent's Pokemon um, for future turns. But also remember that it acts on that turn. So if Pikachu is say the fastest Pokemon on the field, uh, then your middling speed Pokemon, like, like once again, if we say we have that, you know, 100 speed Rotom uh, next to it, would also be able to follow up with an attack. Um, important to mention that if a Pikachu is running G-Max Volt Crash or a Charizard is running G-Max Wildfire, uh, they cannot have what I would say are their preferred abilities. The Charizard, once again, is locked to Blaze if it has the G-Max factor. We have not yet released Solar Power G-Max Zard. And then uh, they haven't mentioned it in the rules, but yeah, you are not able to obtain a Lightning Rod G-Max Pikachu, so do not be afraid to click Thunderbolt into that Togekiss uh, with your Rotom or something like that if it is next to a Pikachu, or don't fear a Pikachu switch in or something because um, the Lightning Rod ability uh, and G-Max are not compatible. Yeah, and honestly, that sounds that sounds really terrifying just as much as like a solar-powered G-Max Charizard. Um, I feel like a Lightning Rod G-Max Pikachu would be also very scary to deal with. Yeah, especially if something's discharging next to it to boost its power before it gets to attack. Uh, and you can't even fake the Pikachu out to buy yourself a turn. However, you can just click Earthquake because uh, even like a Dynamax Pikachu is not going to be able to withstand that. Uh, <laughs> its defenses move from non-existent to like something. I don't know. Like it, it can definitely take uh, attacks like, you know, like a Heat Wave from an Arcanine or a Flare Blitz from an Arcanine. Um, but... Uh, those super effective attacks are very much still going to delete it, which, of course, is only ground moves because Pikachu is a mono-electric type. Moving down the line, though, we have uh, G-Max Gold Rush, which not very important competitively unless you're attending some kind of mid-season that is going to reward you more prize money for bringing the Meowth. Uh, that's old news. <laughs> that was like uh, some fun thing. I think we talked about that on the show already. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> there was a mid-season that did that. Uh, Shout-outs to that T.O., um, but G-Max Gold Rush doubles the amount of money that you earn from the battle, or I don't know if it doubles it, but you just earn extra amounts, and it's great for farming money in the Pokemon League if you have the Sword version. If you have the Shield version, just hope you don't roll the Ghost Trainer. Yeah, you don't want Alistair. Isn't there also, like, some sort of regular Gym Challenger trainer who uses Ghost types, too? That one's annoying to fight with, uh, the Meowth. 
Uh, not that I know of. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I am a sword guy. Okay, fine. Well, I have shield, and I have, I've definitely dealt with two separate ghost-type trainers, so that's been annoying. Uh, of course, I'll just mention now, uh, since we're on the topic of it, but, uh, the best way to farm money seems to be to, uh, watt farm, uh, and reset the, do the reset date trick. Uh, if you don't know about that, do look it up, but, uh, that can be helped, uh, used to help you find a certain Pokemon in a raid den, um, but also as you go, you will earn 2,000 watts per reset, and then you can buy luxury balls uh, from one of the vendors in the wild area, and then sell those to the Pokemon Center in batches of 999, and earn lots and lots of money. To buy drugs! <laughs> uh, I'm, let's just uh, ignore that last part, which is true, though. Pokemon drugs! Protein! Proteins, uh, it's, uh, carbos, it's like, zinc. It's uh, nutrient supplements to uh, make them stronger. It's all drugs. Cool. It's all cool. Um, but yeah, it's a very effective method. Um, a lot of people have worried about, you know, could this be uh, fixed from the Pokemon's end, patched um, over time? And I just don't think that's possible because you can't just limit people ch from changing the dates on their switches. Um, I don't know if how well they'd be able to, and I feel like they did build this in. Um, kind of as a way to kind of help people with this uh, part of the game. Yeah, to obtain the Pokemon that you want from the raids and such. Yeah, otherwise that'd be a complete terror. So um, we're yes. going to talk about GMAX terror in a little bit. First, I want to hit up the next one in uh, in the line here, and that is GMAX Chi-Strike, coming from a Gigantamax Machamp. Um, and this move raises the chance of critical hits. So um, this is essentially like a... I believe this is just a plus one, um, an additional plus one to your uh, critical hit ratio. So this would be like a focus energy, or is focus energy plus two now? I can't remember. Gosh. It is focus. I believe focus energy is plus two, and I also believe that GMAX Chi Strike is a focus energy, so it is a plus two. Oh, wow. So um, that's pretty nice. Um, that that can pair really nicely with uh, a partner Pokemon using Scope Lens, for example. Um Maybe like a Drapion, which is not very competitively viable, or something maybe more relevant like a uh, Inteleon. Uh, maybe even a Togekiss that has not Dynamax. So um, there is certainly applications to use with uh, GMAX Machamp. Now my question with both this one and uh, GMAX, uh, where's that move? Maloder from Garboder. Are those going to have the same like, you know, the, the yes. damage adjustments? Um, like fighting and poison do, because uh, otherwise are they gonna are they gonna change diff uh, scale differently like the other max moves? No, they. Uh, I believe they are still reduced damage. I think that is just hard coded in for uh, any fighting type. Ah, uh, I see. Um, max move. I don't know uh, if you can uh, get anything stronger than that. That's kind of um, rough. Yeah, it's one of the things that would probably draw you away from using a G-Max Machamp is, um, yeah, I'm looking at the page right now, and yeah, there we go. Um, Cerebi, of course, um, it will actually tell you the highest base power that a Pokemon can achieve of a uh, max move, as well as all the different types that a Machamp can learn. So, like, Machamp can use almost any type under the sun. It can't use grass, for example, I'm seeing is absent from the list. But um, if it uses the the strongest max knuckle a Machamp can use is 100 base power if physical or 95 if special. Uh, and I see that the same applies here to the G-Max Chi Strike, according to Cerebi. So 
Unfortunately, these uh, these are still nerfed, even though those side effects are no longer present. Yeah, they're different. And if you think about that too, I think to get that 100 base power uh, chi strike, the G-Max chi strike, I think your fighting move needs to be based off a of focus punch. And you know, you're probably not going to want that either. Yeah, exactly. The, the damage reduction is yikes. And that is why... For the most part, you don't even want to be clicking a max fighting move with Machamp. And uh, if your Machamp is using it to no longer boost it and its partners by plus one, uh, you better be really making use of those critical hits. So um, we'll have to see. I'm sure there are some pretty cool strategies with it, though. Because uh, I believe if it's used with a Super Luck Togekiss, um, the plus two will give it a 100% critical hit ratio. So that Togekiss can just click Dazzling Gleam for days. Ooh, that's uh, scary. Next on the line, though, we have G-Max Terror, which is the signature one to Gengar in its Gigantamax form. That's scary, too. That's a scary (laughs) Pokemon and a scary effect. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. I love it so much. I think it might be my favorite of the uh, Gigantamax forms, though. Um, That's a topic for another day. Um, The uh, side effect of it, and, man, I never got around to testing this or uh, looking it up myself, but it says that it, it prevents the opposing Pokemon from escaping it essentially is a mean look side effect i don't know if it applies to just the target or the target and its partner but uh it's a pretty cool effect because um a lot of uh pokemon might want to switch out after taking a gigantamax move because of how much damage they do but uh this will allow you to essentially use gengar like it was in its mega days yeah very true i think uh can work really well and just you know um helping uh, ease the game on your end for a bit. You don't have to worry about them switching for the time when they are locked in on the field. Um, It also works with a strategy that I know you are very fond of, and that is uh, Parish. It uh, doesn't work. It does, but it doesn't. It doesn't work. It does, but doesn't. Yeah, because you got to use the Gengar there. Because, I mean, Gengar is often the one clicking the Parish song, but uh, he can't click Parish song. He's Dynamaxed right now. He has other things to worry about, and that is doing lots of damage. Yeah, but uh, maybe you just got to use a different Parish Song user, that's all. I mean, trust me, I'm all aboard for that. Lapras is my main. Yeah, let's, <laughs> Lapras <laughs> is the main, which is the actually the next Pokemon on the list here. And um, the Ice-Up attack coming from uh, G-Max Lapras is G-Max Resonance, and this sets up essentially an Aurora Veil on your side. Now, um, this one I could easily see a lot of people getting uh, some play within, because while setting up Hail is... Uh, you know, it's a it's a nice beneficiary effect because you don't take the chip damage. The rest of the field will, as long as they're not ice type or immune to that uh, hail damage. This is a very, very, very powerful effect. You know, it does get like, you know, uh, just to go back to hail, it also allows things like a sash dragapult or a sash whimsicott to be effectively one shot by the G-Max mo- or the Dynamax move. So that is another cool thing. But of course... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, G-Max Residence is going to be the preferred one on Lapras. However, I'm going to go on a very angry rant about this, kind of like the G-Max Terror, and, uh, but even harder, because uh, as I had mentioned, I am a Lapras main, and the number of people who have told me, like, oh my gosh, Alex, like, you know, your team is going to be so much better once G-Max Lapras is legal. Like, wow, this is, like, going to make it, like, super strong, like, a dominant team. And I'm like, <sighs> one... Uh, Lapras's best move in the format is Parish Song, and it can't click that when it's Dynamaxed. Uh, two, uh, you Dynamaxed your Lapras, and uh, there are a lot harder-hitting Pokemon, so um, I think if you're going to go down that route, 
I think the best plan is actually go the uh, John Who route. Um, John Who, my manager that I mentioned and a guest of the show in the past, uh, John Who had a weakness policy, Lapras, that he would uh, proc with, uh, you know, various moves on his team or something like that. Um, and, you know, then the Lapras is actually doing lots of damage because Ice is a very valuable type in the current metagame, allowing you to hit things like Togekiss, like Dragapult. Um, and then when the Lapras is no longer Dynamaxed, it is able to... Uh, use Freeze Dry, which is a really, really good coverage move in the format, hitting Rotom Wash, uh, Gastrodon, um, like Pelipper, so many different Pokemon, Melodic, uh, and it just allows Lapras to really um, cover a lot of different threats. Yeah, you know, Lapras is a very bulky Pokemon, has a good HP stat. Uh, special attacks even are respectable uh, value as well, and when you get some of these uh, stronger, if you do go the Dynamax or Gmax route, your uh, moves get a little bit stronger, so you're going to be uh, firing off some pretty strong moves, and you add the weakness policy on that, that's going to become a scary Pokemon. So, um, let's, uh, I guess the next one here, which is going to be a fast one, is Gmax Cuddle from Eevee, to the Gmax Eevee. Again, from the uh, Let's Go series, this is essentially Attract to Infatuate Opponents. Um, not much to say here because it is only an Eevee, and Attract is, uh, you know, it's it's a, uh, you know, you can take your chances if you want with this, but it's uh, not going to be a very common Pokemon you're going to see at all. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it, it it's kind of funny because it, it, this contra- contrasts, or, you know, it's the opposing... Uh, the opposing G-Max move for uh, Let's Go Eevee versus Pikachu's Volt Crash from Let's Go Pikachu, but Pikachu's is far more viable. Moving down the line, though, we have the uh, Snorlax Gigantamax move of G-Max Replenish. Uh, in this one, restores the berries that have been eaten. And so, um, of course, this it needs to be clarified, this is not Recycle. You cannot use this to farm multiple weakness policies or focus sashes or something like whatever. Um, this only works for berries. It does work for both the Snorlax and the partner, but only half the time. Uh, it just has a 50% roll rate. Uh, and uh, it's, of course, very good on a belly drum Snorlax or something that when it eats its berry, um, then it goes on the offensive and it has the chance to keep healing. Um, but... Um, we haven't seen a ton of Snorlax ever since the, uh, essential nerfs to these berries, as well as the removal of moves like Return, giving Snorlax not the best options for stab attacks. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people having to rely on Facade, and, uh, you know, it's, it's nice if you get a status on yourself to kind of boost that power when you're in your base form, that is. Um, so, uh, I think the other big thing is, you know, you're, it's, uh, you're taking a lot of chances every time you're using this move when it goes off and you get the rolls in your favor you know you're going to be in a really prime position especially if you've belly drummed up um it's just like it's there's no guarantee with this move and that's uh probably um one of the reasons we haven't seen too much of it is that people aren't willing to take that risk the uh the next move down the line though is gmax malador and um i'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because garbador i don't even like know if anybody has tried Garbodor in the current format. This, uh, of course, poisons both the foes. It is a, um, you know, a contrast to, like, Pikachu's one that paralyzes both of them. Uh, essentially, the move Poison Gas in uh, Gigantamax form. Uh, but yeah, Garbodor is not very viable. Yeah, and uh, the next one here, let's just move on because uh, not much more to say about it, is uh, GMAX Stone Surge coming from uh, GMAX Dreadnought. Um, and this is based off the water type move, so instead of, instead of setting up rain, you're setting up essentially stealth rock on the opponent's side of the field. 
And, um, you know, while the rain, it would be nice to set up. Um, if you're, all you're doing is set up stealth rock, it's not even like consistent damage like wildfire or the, uh, vocalith from Colossal, which we'll talk about later. Um, it's just a stealth rock on the field so that, uh, stuff that switches in, uh, will just be taking that chip damage. So, uh, I would prefer the, uh, just bit, the regular water one that sets up rain. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, you know, there are definitely much better ways to go about that. And the, uh, Next one here that was also um, introduced with the Gigantamax Pokemon. I think it was like Dreadnought, Corviknight, and Alchemy all together with like the first ones we got to see introduced to us. Um, but the next one is Corviknight where it uses the flying type uh, move or based on the flying type move called uh, it's G-Max Wind Rage and removes the effects of moves like Reflect or Light Screen. Now... This is going to have this effect instead of uh, giving you you and your partner the plus one to speed, which, again, is probably going to be uh, something you'd rather have other than this uh, effect. So I think Corviknight would probably want to stay in its uh, regular form if you're going to Dynamax it. Yeah, once again, just not better than the original max move, and you're really losing out. Um, I believe we did see G-Max Corviknight get some kind of big fun finish, maybe a top 32 in uh, Dallas or something like that. But uh, it really just, there are not enough field effects that you want to be removing that you would rather give up that plus one speed. Moving down the line, we actually have one that is uh, relevant to what we talked about Um a couple, was it last episode or two ago? I don't know. It's all blending together. But uh, t- Toxtricity <laughs> uh, has its Gigantamax move that uh, poisons or paralyzes. But as we mentioned, um, it's not very reliable. And you don't really want to be poisoning both the Pokemon on the opposing side. you much rather be paralyzing them for the secondary effect and the speed control. So um, why don't you go ahead and tell us about G-Max Finale, Steven? Sure. So this comes from uh, the Fairy-type move from Gigantamax Alchemy. And uh, this moves both. This move will heal both yourself as well as your partner. Um, this will actually heal by one sixth of your uh, HP. So uh, it's actually pretty. Uh, what is that? That's like what fifteen, seventeen percent, somewhere around there. Um, so it's a little bit less than a citrus berry. Um, it's yeah. worse than what's that? What's that? Citrus. Uh, it's worse than life dew. So yes. Um, you know. It's it's okay to move. It it'll uh, help heal your partner, so it, you, that could potentially be useful. Yeah, again, it's just like uh, it's a nice secondary effect. Um, if you don't really need the misty terrain to be set up uh, for any reason, um, I know that Alcreamy gets uh, Sweet Veil, which can prevent your Pokemon from being put to sleep. So, uh, since that's usually the main fear in terms of status, uh, maybe you can you know opt for this once it's legal, so that way you are. Healing your Pokemon a little bit, uh, just maybe enough to make a difference over the course of those three turns. Uh, next, we have G-Max Depletion, which I cannot see being too incredibly viable. Maybe in like other formats with uh, more signature moves that um, have low PP, but G-Max Depletion reduces the PP of the last move used uh, in uh, the form of Spite, essentially. Um, yeah, there's not enough like low PP moves that are going around that you would rather have this than the minus one attack drop. Yeah, and uh, I think it's even worse than Spite, because Spite can roll higher PP drops, essentially value drops. Uh, G-Max Depletion will deplete by two every time. Is that... Okay, so that's uh, so it's not quite Spite? You said it's uh, it's just two PP that it drops? Yeah, two PP every time. Yeah, that's like... uh. Not as good, I don't think. (laughs) 
I don't think so. I, I think I would much prefer to have the attack drop on the Pokemon and the partner. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see if uh, people, you know, once GMAX Duraldon comes out, if people want to use this, because um, there are some moves that only have max PP of 8, and uh, you could deplete all of it after three uses of this move, and they're using that same move too. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see about this one. But I think I prefer the uh, regular Dragon-type move for it. The Wormwind. Yeah. Uh, next one... Next one, I think, uh, I think that could be somewhat impactful. I wish Orbital was a little bit of a better Pokemon, though. Um, it is called GMAX Gravitas, and it uh, uses the Psychic-type move to essentially uh, set up gravity on the field. Now, you can partner this with a lot of different strategies. You can uh, partner it for uh, with other Pokemon that use ground moves for Hypnosis, um, for Pokemon that have Hustle as their ability and would very much uh, benefit from having gravity set up for them. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome for this uh, G-Max Orbital. It's awesome. It's definitely a really cool one, especially because you can set up gravity in a bit more of a fluid way. You know, the main reason that you don't see gravity right now is because uh, taking the turn to set it up isn't always beneficial. And uh, it can be taunted and such, but um, this allows your Orbital to definitely live the turn because you are Dynamaxing it and then go for that gravity move, essentially, on top of some chip damage. So really, really cool. Um I'm very much excited to talk about the next one since Steven pretty much nailed Gravitas on the head. Vocalith, uh, as we mentioned in the back, uh, or in the last episode, was uh, the signature move of Gigantamax Colossal. And this also sets up that Sea of Fire um, that uh, Charizard does with its Wildfire. But it is based off of a Rock-type move for Colossal. And um, I think this is going to end up being a bit better than setting the Sand uh, for Colossal, and uh, just the we've seen that Wildfire does so much chip damage over the turns that it's really cool, and I think um, it's going to be uh, a pretty strong G-Max Pokemon once it releases. I think so too. And uh, for the for specifically for Volcalith, does it have any type immunity to it? Like that's the uh, effect of it. The, uh, yeah, that's the thing that I actually wanted to test with some friends. We're not sure if, like, rock types are immune to it, if it's still fire. I imagine that it is just still fire. Huh, interesting. Or, uh, I wonder if, like, no type has an immunity to it. That'd be kind of, uh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I could definitely see this, uh, getting some more play, because it's a better effect than having the sand, um, set up. Because you don't want to be changing the, you don't want to be changing the sun if you're using, uh, max, uh, max fire, um, on it. But uh, let's just move on to the uh, next one, which is a uh, GMAX Sandblast. We've talked about this one before. This is from uh, GMAX Sandaconda, which sends, uh, uh, sets up Sand Tomb around uh, both opponents here. And uh, they are trapped on the field. You know, and we probably should just pair this with GMAX Sentaferno while we're here to uh, save her a bit of time. Of course, that is the one that Sentascorch gets to use, which sets up the Fire Spin. Both of these moves will cause residual damage. They can actually be paired with the Grip Claw or the Binding Band to either extend the amount of turns that it lasts for or increase the amount of damage that these uh, residual moves are doing at the end of the turn. Um, And, of course, they are trapping them in, so um, that is a really good secondary effect. However, these are the Pokemon that, like, don't have the best of offensive stats or uh, just don't, you know, make too much use of... um, their typing, you know, if uh, GMAX Sandblast, the ground type, uh, you know, there are a lot of Pokemon that are immune to it. If they switch in a Rotom and a Togekiss, you can't trap them in because you can't go for a Sandblast unless you pair it with some kind of like Gravity or Smackdown or something. And Send a Scorch, of course, has that quadruple rock weakness in a metagame where Titar and Excadrill are all around. So 
Very hard to mm-hmm. get these two moves off, but um, of course, trapping is always going to be good. And uh, another scary one, may, perhaps, this next one is a GMAX Snooze, which is going to be the uh, move that GMAX Grimmsnarl can use from its Dark-type attack that will essentially put Yawn on both of the opponents after one use of the move. I don't know. Grimmsnarl is a really good support Pokemon. I can see it also being run offensive once this uh, enters into the format, though. So um, it's going to be... I think this could see a lot of play. Grimmsnarl has a very respectable attack stat. Yeah, it's got a 120 base uh, attack stat, and it doesn't really... You know, obviously, we play doubles, and you can synergize with that uh, the dark special defense drop that it gets from the normal max dark, but... Uh, if it was to just, you know, support itself a bit more and not rely on the partner next to it, uh, putting that yawn down onto the opposing Dynamax is really cool. Uh, you know, it forces them to either switch or lose a Dynamax turn. Um, and it, it can just be really dangerous forcing a lot of switches. So that's really cool. However, I think it is kind of funny that a Grimmsnarl is going to have to uh, prevent itself from using G-Max Fairy at any point before using this move. Uh, just so that it doesn't set up that misty terrain uh, to screw itself out of being able to yawn things to sleep. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these uh, next ones here is, uh, or the next one here rather, is GMAX Tartness from uh, Gigantamax Flapple. Um, takes the grass type move to reduce the opponent's evasiveness. Now, grassy terrain is nice to set up on a regular uh, Dynamax Flapple to boost the power of your grass type moves, but this one also has a useful at least at least it's a useful effect for flapple here because when it returns back down to its base form if you are using hustle then uh you're more than likely going to be able to hit them with uh your physical moves assuming that they don't switch out sadly i um i'm going to rip into this one because (laughs) i think it's much better to set that grassy terrain and boost the power of your following max grass or the grass move that you are going to be going for outside of the terrain. Um, I, I mean, I'm just a power over accuracy. You know, you're just sometimes going to have to take those risks. And of course, Dynamax moves can't miss. So um, I, I'm all for that. Same thing with Sweetness. Sweetness is, uh, it cures the status conditions of your allies. Um, now, nah, I like, I think this one is almost like a little bit too late. Like if this was like uh, usable while asleep or something, you know, to counter Butterfree. Um, then I would be all for it, but it is a Pokemon that is weak to bug, and it is um, no guarantee to go off, because if that Butterfree does roll that G-Max Befuddle and puts uh, the Appleton to sleep, then you can't even wake yourself up. Yeah, and be- because, it's, uh, because it's from the G-Max Befuddle and it's an attacking move, um, you'd think, well, if it, just, if it sleep powders me, you know, I'm fine because I'm a grass type, but uh, Befuddle will get to be able to work around that. So, yeah, I agree. Um, next one we have is... Uh, G-Max Smite from Gigantamax Hatterene, and this uh, will confuse both of the opponents. So it's actually just like uh, Meowth's actually, the uh, G-Max Gold Rush, but um, you're giving up um, instead setting up a Misty Terrain. Although Hatterene does typically like to play under the uh, Psychic Terrain, though. Yeah, that uh, I think that's going to be a very strong G-Max move, and it's going to be so dangerous and awful to face uh, when you are going to up against a hard Trick Room team. Um, just because um, you really need all those turns to count, and if 30% of the time, uh, it's almost like this um, 
hat is going for like a rock slide in trick room uh and mm-hmm. uh you know <laughs> it's just giving the chance that they you are going to not be able to act hit yourself in confusion for a bit more damage so for example if you're like again that sash whimsicott that is trying to reset trick room or something and instead you get confused and ko yourself that really can drastically turn the tides of battle and um of course hat as steven mentioned doesn't turn off the psychic terrain that i'll prefer uh, this is just a really good max move for it, and it's going to be very dangerous once legal. Yeah, I think uh, if people are really worried about it, you know, own tempo did improve a lot this generation. So uh, find those Pokemon. You know, Mudsdale is one of them you can use. So um, if you're that worried about it, um, otherwise you can always still just set up the uh, Misty terrain for yourself too. Now, yeah, now uh, moving down the line, we have Steel Surge, which is one that is uh, close to my heart just because it got me a tweet with like over a thousand likes or something like that. But other than that, <laughs> it does not have uh, much use in the VGC. This sets up a new entry hazard. I don't know if there's an official name for it. Sharp Spikes, maybe. I don't know. Steel Spikes is, I think, the commonly referred to name for it. Uh, it is essentially a steel type stealth rock, though. And. Um, of course, uh, if you combine this with a full three layers of spikes and a stealth rock and uh, the right amount of EVs, you can make a Snom faint immediately upon switching, which I thought was really funny, and I made a video of it. Um, and <laughs> other than that, I don't know how much Copperage there is even in the metagame right now, let alone, uh, of course, GMAX is not legal, but entry hazards have never had a very large impact on VGC. No, maybe uh, maybe if people explore some of the more of the GMAX Pokemon, um, like we've seen, uh, you know, currently we may may see this in the future, but uh, it's unlikely. However, there's still opportunity for it. Um, the next one is uh, GMAX Foam Burst, and also we have one last one as well, which will not be relevant at, uh, to anyone because it won't be legal. But uh, first off, we have GMAX Foam Burst from Gigantamax Kingler, and uh, this will um, lower the opponent's speed by two stages. So um, Kingler, you know... It's it's not the fastest thing. I wish we, if uh, if it were faster, it'd be kind of uh, more useful. But you just put under Tailwind. Uh, but then again, you're just lowering speed. But um, this has a lot of potential, I think. No, Kingler's definitely got enough speed to make this move shine, and uh, it's a tail. It's essentially like a Tailwind of its own um, because it's you know of yeah. course lowering both of their speed by minus two, which will drop a Pokemon to fifty percent of its normal speed. A Tailwind, of course, doubles. The math works out the same. Um, however, like if you were in a situation where you lead GMAX Kingler into a Whimsicott, Whimsicott's coming up a lot today, um, and you go for the Foam Burst on the first turn, you will essentially even the playing field. Both Pokemon are back at their turn one speeds, ignoring that Tailwind. Uh, and then you can go for it one or two more times and, um, it will apply to their switch-ins. It will, you know, lower that Pokemon down to minus four, which means they are even slower than you now. And, um, it's like a tailwind that can kind of stack. Yeah. I think Kingler can have a lot of use for it. Um, it's actually got a really high attack set at 130. Oh, that's a base 130. Intimidate immune. um, You know, special defense. Yeah, that too. That too. Exactly. So, um, the special defense is one of the is one of its weaker stats, um, so you can you know work on training that end or give it an assault vest or something. But um, that is it for uh, these most of these G Max Pokemon. We have one more uh, currently available, not available, not it's just current um, in the data, and that is a G Max Meltdown from Melmetal. Um, it is, uses the Steel type move. This makes uh, opponents incapable of using the same move twice in a row, so it's the effect of Torment. Um, but again, Melmetal is uh, classified as a mythical Pokemon, and I don't even think there's a way to get it in the game right now. 
Yeah, we don't have to worry about that guy for pretty much all of VGC. If that uh, if it ever does come around to become like become legal, that will be interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and that's all the current um, GMAX Pokemon in the game. Now, uh, really quickly, I just want to ask you about um, while Charizard will get GMAX Wildfire or already has GMAX Wildfire. I think uh, it's pretty likely to say that once we get GMAX Venusaur and Blastoise, that they're going to get um, the Swamp effect as well as the rainbow effect, um, respectively. Kind of like the pledge combinations. I think those are going to be even more wild than setting up wildfire. Like, no pun intended, I just mean that, you know, the doubling of the secondary effects means that, like, Rock Slide, uh, assuming it hits, has a 60% chance to flinch on both Pokemon. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. On top of that, like, uh... You know, other things like a, a heat wave has doubled the chance to burn. Scald will have a 60% chance to burn. Uh, muddy water is going to be dropping your accuracy all the time. Uh, there's <laughs> like lots of awful stuff to see with that move. And then, of course, the swamp is uh, undoubtedly like the best uh, speed control uh, outside of like Trick Room in a way. Uh, because it quarters their, both of the opponent's Pokemon speed, even if they switch. Um, and it lasts like four turns. So... Um, it is a really good method of speed control on top of now this one is dealing a lot of damage. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I guess with the speed, it's like an old school Thunder Wave where it used to cut down to 25%. So that's and nice. You can't even e- when they- and that's what I, I, would, I did want to say that, Stephen, but I also wanted to, I, I had to specify it, it applies to the Switch, though. So even if you right, don't, right. it's pretty awesome. It is. Venusaur is, uh, actually, all, all, both of them are going to be pretty scary once they come in. Now, um, to kind of go, go along with those lines, the Generation 8 um, starters and their GMAX forms and moves, do you think they're going to have their own separate effects or kind of the same effects as the uh, pledge combinations that we already see or will likely see? Um, I think, hmm. So uh, I think that uh, you mentioned the uh, Galar starters. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Generation 8 ones. Yeah, yeah. Those, um, I think that they were going... Uh, I think that, honestly, they might get a side effect of their signature moves. Um, I could see, like, you know, the GMAX uh, Cinderace one switching the hazards, maybe. Uh, we could see Inteleon having, like, a boosted critical hit chance. Or maybe it's just, you know, a clone of Snipeshot where it's, like, boosted critical hit chance as well as avoiding uh, the direction or redirection moves and abilities. And then um, I don't want to say that... Uh, Rillaboom's just drop speed. Maybe it is going to be a clone of Kingler's. It'll be like Foam Burst, and it'll drop the opponent's speed by two stages each. So um, those are just my preliminary guesses, though, that they are just powered-up versions of their already signature moves. Okay, interesting. Um, I could definitely see that being possible. I could also just see them being like the uh, Wildfire or Swamp or Rainbow clones. So um, we'll, we'll see once we get more information about that, but uh, it's just fun to speculate on those. Now, uh, one other thing I just want to talk about with all these GMAX Pokemon is, uh, you know, these are slowly going to be rolling out over time. People should continue to explore with them. Um, I feel like a lot of them are underrated, uh, much like how, you know, both you and I can go on, have, have gone on record uh, saying how we didn't think GMAX Wildfire was going to be any good, but it ended up uh, being all right. And I think a lot of these other ones uh, could be as well if uh, you build a proper team around it. Um, but last thing is that right now we are still at a point where we only have 10 of the GMAX Pokemon legal. 
And, uh, you know, I have a lot of supporting evidence to say that I think uh, when March 1st rolls around, when the Rank Battle series uh, season changes to, uh, or series changes to three, uh, we're probably going to get some more GMAX Pokemon a lot. So think about what's been rolling out in January and February right now with the higher increased uh, availability. So that's um, Lapras, Colossal, Alchemy, Flapple, Appleton. Uh, right now in February, we have uh, Toxtricity, Kingler, um, Orbeetle, Hatterene, and Grimmsnarl. So I feel like that's probably the next wave of 10, if anything, that you are likely to see come March. So if you're wondering when and who it might be, these are, uh, you know, my best predictions. Um, we have a lot of information. You just look through your Switch news feed to find that. Um, the series is going to change. Doesn't mean that they will actually add these GMAX Pokemon, but um, that would be my uh prediction for it yeah i i agree that and i'm really hoping that uh happens soon because not the format isn't getting stale but i just want to you know play with these new tools these new toys essentially yeah i think it'll be a lot of fun give us a nice shake up and uh you know hopefully get, provide products with some more spark for innovation too uh, i'm not saying that that is not there but um it's it'll be nice to get these you know monthly or bi-monthly uh, updates or maybe even three months to the format so i'm uh, looking forward to that and seeing you know whether my prediction actually pans out at all i'm hoping so but that'll do it for uh this show here you know we talked about uh even these last few shows here we talked about the new generation eight moves new items new gmax moves um pair all these in combination with some of the older pokemon and uh all these different strategies you can utilize and uh, again, continue to explore the metagame. I think there's a lot to uh, still discover. We've got the Oceana Internet, Oceana International coming up, as well as uh, I believe there's the region uh, regional in Sweden this weekend. Uh, I forgot to plug that. So uh, p players in Europe are going to be uh, active activated this weekend as well. And then of course we have the uh, what's it called the Collinsville Regional um, at the end of February for the United States here in the St. Louis area. So. Uh, a lot of events coming up. Well, we'll have uh, more to talk about with those regards to those tournament results coming up. But uh, that'll do it for this show. And uh, thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. We love you, of course. And remember, you can find our show in a variety of different places on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And uh, you can also send your comments, questions, and feedback about our show to our email, vgchypervoice at gmail.com. Always uh, great to just let us know how we're doing here. Um, if you want to incorporate maybe some uh, questions onto the show as well, remember to also tell your friends about the show. If this is a show about competitive Pokemon, they might enjoy. And uh, remember to leave us a review on all those places online too. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter at the Hypervoice, and you can find both of us personally on Twitter um, as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka and Alex. Where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC. All right, perfect. So. Once again, thank you all for listening, and stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Uh, Lola.